0: Hello and welcome to the Startup Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Kayleen Langford, founder of Startup Creative, author of How to Start a Side Hustle, and resident business coach. Serving you straight up business advice to help you start, grow, and scale the business of your dreams. Welcome back to the Startup Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Kayleen Langford, And on today's episode, I had a incredible conversation with the incredible James Parr. He is a First Nations, queer, model, triathlete, a disability advocate, writer and um, man of all things, and absolutely incredible human. And we had an awesome chat about diving into his story, um, his uh, disability and his the circumstances that led him to... Where he is today. um and most importantly, the thing that most inspired me was his mindset and the way that he, yeah, has overcome adversity and continues to choose to be the creator of his experience and something that I think is incredibly powerful for anyone who's looking to, yeah, to create a life and a career that they love. He went from, you know, you'll hear this story, but went from a rural town uh, and, you know, working in, Uh, you know, social work, welfare and, yeah, went on to, is doing and will continue to do incredible things uh, with his life by, yeah, choosing to be, Of the creator of his experience and being met with many crossroads, um, how he overcame that and what he had to do, um, yeah, to keep moving through some pretty challenging life experiences he's been faced with. Great guy, super funny, awesome vibe um, and just a really inspiring conversation. Enjoy the chat and look forward to hearing what you think. Welcome to the podcast, James. Nice to have you here.
1: Hello, thanks for having me. Oh,
0: good. Have you done many podcasts?
1: Yeah, I've done a few. Yeah. I think like maybe oh, a few. Sound yeah. Like I've done so many. Probably like five. I'm a big deal. <laughs> Probably like five. Yeah. No. Five I love or six, it. I reckon. Something like that, yeah.
0: Yeah, they're always have fun. I've, no, uh, <laughs> couple of hundred. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm stoked to have you here, but I maybe will kick off with you introducing yourself, who you are, yeah. where you're from, what you do.
1: Yeah, cool. Um, I'm James. Um, I'm 26. <laughs> um, I'm living in Melbourne and I work as, um, I'm a model, content creator, um, a writer, disability advocate. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All of amazing. All those things.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. I feel like one of my opening lines is often like all of the minority tick boxes of like woman, queer, um First Nations.
2: Um,
0: uh, I feel like you beat me. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, maybe. I reckon yeah. just because I got the disabled one, maybe. Yeah, you win. <laughs> yeah, sorry.
2: <laughs> it is I funny
1: love. when I, I feel like I do like a casting or something or um, or someone asks about me, I'm like, I don't even know what to say. I'm like, do I, do I say all of it or do I? Yeah. yeah yeah Yeah. like no, what funny. do
0: you want do you want the queer angle do you want the D- aboriginal angle do you want the disabled angle <laughs> yeah do you want my good looks angle because
1: <laughs> i'll leave the rest out <laughs>
0: um i mean that's a cool place to start because like what do you kind of take on that like i know i've read a few articles and you know we'll get into your story but what's your kind of take on um labels and you know tick boxes and, and you know, minorities
1: yeah. and things like that? Yeah, I think in terms of, like, the tick boxes, even though it probably has, um, like, when you think about, oh, people are just doing it for a tick box. Mm. Okay, well, you have to. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> so I, I feel like some people, like, oh, they're just, you know, they have that sort of um, weird thought about it. But mm. I'm like, well, if they didn't have a tick box if they didn't have that, mm. And we wouldn't be doing it. So yeah. it's like I think it's really important to, um, even though it does. Say, if if people are just doing things just to have a tick box, they're not mm. really actually wanting to do it. Mm. But I'm like, it's still important that we have those. Mm. When it comes to labels, for me, I don't know. I feel like I sort of do struggle with labels a little bit because I just feel like they don't encompass who I am mm. as a whole. Like maybe they're easy to describe myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I just feel like the second you say one of those labels someone easily paints a picture of you just mm. from one label and um, I don't know I, I feel like I don't fit also within those labels um, stereotypes that mm. they already have and then I think a part of me being a rebel is like well I don't want to anyway so
2: <laughs> I'm just
1: going to rebel against them and write my own mm. so, um so yeah. I don't know I feel like yeah that's how I feel yeah
0: yeah because I know that people ask that a lot with you know maybe you get this as well as you know the conversation around the you know token black woman or woman or queer person and stuff and yeah it's interesting because it's like well yeah if we didn't have that kind of expectation then we'd be just living in like white colonized (laughs) same same and yeah so it's that thing and then this kind of like well someone's got to lead the way and but yeah and then I think the burden but I'm just like yeah let's talk about it let's like let's say what our perspective is so that people
1: who are like oh I don't
0: want to say the wrong thing you know so I love that
1: Mm. yeah and like I know for like because I'm uh Bisexual, and then yeah. I know for a while just to like make it easier, be like, oh yeah, I'm queer, and then I mm. got in my head about that. Like, I actually don't like that. Yeah, yeah. And like saying, well, it's not that I don't like saying I'm queer. I just feel like it doesn't still then, yeah, have any meaning because it's not actually describing mm. who I am in a way. Um, mm. I don't know I just like yeah. struggle with those types of things because like it doesn't actually mm. really. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and hopefully know, we're yeah. moving towards this world where like, you know, maybe we start with labels because it helps to for people to understand, but then we move to a world where it's like, yeah, ask somebody how do you want to be, you know, wh- what are your pronouns? Or you know, I think also with sure, sure. the disabilities word sure. well, disability too. Yeah. I know that sometimes people are like, Am I?" you know, is that the right thing to say?
1: Invi- um, yeah, or people who have mm- an invisible disability and those mm- types of things. Like I guess where I, when I wear pants, I have an invisible mm. disability because yeah. no one can tell. So yeah. I find it really interesting to see how yeah. people treat me when I'm in pants compared to then when I'm in shorts. And, you know, even if I pull up in a disabled car park, yeah, um,
0: right. Yeah. With why have you ever had anyone? I mean, maybe let's tell. Let's, I love
1: this stuff, but let's I have, um. Like, great stories I could tell you—they're good. Yeah. Oh,
0: great! Because we're on a podcast, and people may not know who you are or what we're talking Sorry, about. Yeah. I'm let's, an
2: amputee, Yeah. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's right. Um, yeah. you've got a
1: great. Do you have options? Cool leg. I feel like on your Instagram you've got like a running one. Yeah. So I have. Um, I have just like my typical everyday everyday, yeah. everyday leg um and then i have a running blade Mm. um and then i have what do i have i have a waterproof one
2: yeah which i don't
1: actually it's just like the the component is waterproof Mm -hmm. which so is my everyday leg Mm. i feel like when i got that obviously my everyday leg wasn't waterproof yeah um and I actually hate that foot, but yeah. <laughs> so I would never wear it anyway. I love um, how
0: much you're talking about it with that as fashion.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like it's just like um, just normal. Well, it yeah. is normal but to yeah. me. Yeah. But like, it's like you're
0: you know, describing your bags, handbags.
1: Right? It's just yeah. like a crazy conversation. And sometimes I, I would say something to like my friend. I'm like, I bet you would never ever think in a million years that that would be coming out of my mouth. or something yeah. about one of my legs or something. Yeah. Like funny funny things or um yeah. i was with my pa yesterday I was shooting some content and it she was running around with it as a joke and i was like okay can i have it back now like i need my leg back like even <laughs> just saying i need my leg back like <laughs> just sounds so funny i mean um, i think and then i also have yeah, a cycling yeah one. no the, the oh wow. one, yeah. amazing so it's just like you, know how you have cleats on a on a yeah on a bike cycling back. so it's just like a pole with the cleat attached so you lock yep. into the cleat. amazing yeah
0: um Yeah, I love it. It's. I think that to your the the comfortableness of it because it's your. You know, you're an advocate, but you're not an You. My experience of your work is that it's this. Hey, come into my world, and you know, let's be. Let's talk about it. You know. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. For sure. Um, I, I, I think it comes down to because I was ignorant once,
2: mm.
1: and then so when I went through that adjustment, I guess I knew nothing, and I was like,
2: no mm. one else
1: everyone else would feel this way yeah it's yeah I just like I love educating people and teaching people about Mm. it um just because I think well if you don't know that means that no one else knows
2: Mm.
1: or even um I forget what I was going to say but Mm. I just oh yeah when it comes to disability as well I think it's um a minority group that anyone can become a part of yeah. So, so why not have at any cases? time, yeah. right? Hundred percent.
0: Yeah. Well, can, yeah. if you're if you're comfortable, there, can we maybe tell your story? Like, what? Tell, run us through it, <laughs> through your <laughs> the, where it's like it's, it was a late injury in life. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah tell so us
1: that's one, and yeah. um, so I was working in a special school at the time, and we i was playing cricket with the kids and we had a plastic cricket bat and it literally just like brushed the side of my ankle Mm. Um, so that i had fallen over it's sort of like do you know when you hit your funny bone too hard and it sort of like numbs like paralyzes your arm Mm. that's what happened through my ankle and that's how i felt and all it did was brush the side of my ankle Mm. and so it took me a minute to get up whatever and then that alerted me to this pain that I was getting in my ankle.
2: Mm. And it was
1: just, to me, it felt like a little bit like, of, like a nerve pain. Like it was sort of like, I don't know it was this really hard to describe, not even pain as such at that stage. It was probably more of like this weird nervy sensation it felt mm. like. And it even was like, even if I touched the side of my ankle, even when I put socks on, I had to like go, I just couldn't touch mm-hmm. that. You know, that little part in your yeah. sort of I feel
0: like I've whacked that a few times and been like fucking
2: oh,
1: <laughs> you know, hey, yeah. yeah I'm so glad you swear yeah so yeah no give it to me <laughs> I yeah,
0: can't go. not I try not to
1: yeah same sometimes uh-huh. um and yeah so um yeah alerted it led me to that pain and then um I went to the doctor and just told her what happened and mm. um she, I think she like I had an ultrasound and an x-ray mm. um and so it came she told me that I had a calcified ligament and that there was nothing I could do about it mm. and so um I just left it and then kept going on and then it got to the point where this pain would start and mm. once it started it would take about an hour for it to die down and it was just like this really um just like paralyzing pain Mm. throbbing as well in my ankle and so it got to the point where I would have to take Panadol all the time so I went back to her and I was like it's just the pain won't stop so she sent me to a specialist and then he um, diagnosed me with an osteo osteoid it's called which was a benign tumor in my ankle Mm. and I then went on a waiting list for 10 months so, mm. and then in that ten months, the pain had increased to if I didn't take Panadol and ibuprofen at the same time, every like three to four hours, mm. I would get that pain, and it would take like an hour or two for it to die down. And mm. it was just is becoming, benign
0: meant to be non cancerous? Non cancerous, yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So because they um, they did do like a a test, I forget what they actually called. Would mm. like mm. have biopsy. Mm-hmm. And um, they just pulled from the wrong spot. So it also, that's why mm. it's benign. So in that 10 months, yeah, the pain just got so bad. And I kept going back to the doctor and like pushing to try and get the surgery to hurry up quicker, to
2: mm.
1: um, go quicker, really. And then um, I ended up just saying, fuck it, I'll go as a private patient. I'll pay. It was like mm. $5. Mm. Um, I'll pay and I'll just get that surgery. So in that surgery, it's a CT-guided one and all they, for that um, tumour that had misdiagnosed me with, what they do, which is actually quite interesting, they mm. have a needle, they put it into the middle of the tumour, they heat it to 90, 90 degrees and leave it in there for like six minutes, pull it out, and it's supposed to just go, like instantly. Wow. And so because it was CT-guided, the second they got the image up, they were like, that's actually cancer. So they were like And you're well,
0: under at this point. I am under. Yeah.
1: And then so what they did was treat what I had signed off for them to do but also take um more biopsy biopsies which I guess like a week later when I found out I was like why the fuck didn't you tell me when I left the hospital like mm. that looked like no one told me anything and I just like um they said the pain would be instantly like gone and I'd feel fine I limped out of the hospital like and I was still like sort of like wondering why I was still mm. in pain and um yeah and then a week later they called and just said well yeah we saw it looked like cancer we took more biopsies and the test results have come back and it is cancer and so it was an osteosarcoma which Usually happens um, in children or youth because as the phone, as the phone, as Mm -hmm. the bone forms, the cells get muddled up and then just turn into a cancer. So Mm -hmm. I was a little bit late getting it because I was 21. And um, I I think I would would have just had a growth spurt in, in Mm -hmm. in that year. And that's how it happened. And yeah, so I pretty much started chemo straight away. I had three months of chemo.
2: Wow! And then
1: in that, their goal was to just kill it off a little bit Mm -hmm. and then do a bone graft. Um, But then, yeah, in that three months, the pain again just got worse Mm -hmm. and um, it ended up growing around the whole ankle joint, which then resulted in amputation. So, yeah.
0: Wow. What What a time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, crazy Um, time. It's so crazy when I think about it now or actually I think it, it's in like two days. Um, it would be like five, five years, maybe, since I had my first mm. round of chemo. Just because it pops up on my phone, like the yeah. yeah. And um, even just thinking back to like, should I had cancer once? It's like, yeah. Once, and I lost all my hair once. Like, yeah. That sort of stuff. So I'm like, that's just, yeah, it's yeah. Just
0: crazy. Look at me now. <laughs> yeah.
1: Because you would I guess you would like to look at me and think, fuck, it's never had cancer.
0: <laughs> yeah. And it's in such a I mean, yeah, in, in such in a, a, why, a
1: stereotypical way.
0: Well, i have never heard of anything like this before, you know. Sure. Like it's yeah. um yeah. yeah. I mean, ha, have you is have you since connected with a community of people who've had similar situations, or is it
1: like I find it um my mum died of cancer actually when I was oh. eight. Sorry so I find it probably a little bit too hard to connect in mm. in, a, in a standoffish way, mm-hmm. um, to be quite honest. Yeah. Um, and I think that comes down from like probably a little bit of trauma from yep. <laughs> dying from it. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I have with a few amputees who have mm-hmm. also had amputations from cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, I've met a few few people that way and connected with them, mm-hmm. but, yeah, I, I would be open to it more so with, like, youth and children, mm. but maybe not so much adults, because, like, I also find I would probably clash a little bit. Mm. <laughs> I would get to the point um that i will just, like, just be like, all right, grow up, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. move on. Yeah. It, which comes from a good way but
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, I guess people have different experiences I sort of have that mindset where I'm like all right like let's move on rather mm-hmm. than getting really stuck in it
2: and I yeah. have
1: sort of um tried to I guess mentor a few people like I've mentored mm-hmm. um, someone who has gone through an amputation through cancer mm-hmm. as a result from cancer and you know they got really stuck in it and that's their own experience and I respect mm-hmm. that but it was just too too much for me to sort yeah. of um, take too. on because yeah. I never had that experience I guess and couldn't connect through and was yeah, mm. yeah. I, I, I actually
0: one. I remember reading a piece of your writing and I don't know whether this was part of your mindset and or you're even aware of it but I think you used the way the words of when I acquired my disability which I yeah. thought was super empowering it was like you know that that whole like oh I am you know I am a cancer patient. I am sick. I am not good at that. It's like, yeah, Yeah. I don't know whether that was a conscious choice or not. But Um,
1: Yes. And it's funny Mm. because I literally had this conversation and just side note with my manager Mm. the other day um, because we were talking about something and he's like, yeah, you always say it quiet. I'm like, well, I guess the other sort of words that you can use, like, oh, I lost my leg, and Mm -hmm. that has some sort of – sad
2: Mm.
1: association with it. And um or what I don't know, I feel like the other ones that you could use, which I actually don't even know, even amputation, I'm like, oh Mm. that just sounds weird. Like Mm. and I guess using the word acquired the disability is Mm. just like a safe one because it's not it's not really sad. It's not Mm. really happy. It's just it is what it is. Mm. Um I feel like yeah yeah my leg is just like oh
0: yeah. yeah but I think it's like I'm mean, I'd love to hear what you were doing pre the amputation because um it's yeah and whether you've always been in that mindset but I think it's it's I think it's like you know I don't know life happens and you know you can either roll with what's happening or you can you know resist it and yeah. acquiring it is almost like for me it's like oh here's when this thing happened in my life and it was a life lesson that I acquired Just yeah it's yeah. like you you yeah. accept yeah that's what it is that acceptance yeah. and then yeah. the way that you've built your career and you know i'm sure if we'll say this in the intro and stuff but you know like you've walked melbourne fashion week um you know without pants yeah. you yeah you're a triathlete you're um yeah lululemon ambassador um yeah, <laughs> so so many things yeah. and it's yeah. like what was, were you doing any of that stuff or what was life like
1: before yeah, this? Or so, was this kind
0: of propelled you into this yeah, world?
1: Yeah, I, um, I, when I finished school, I got a training at a special school.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, um, I did that for a year. And then I, yeah, I never left the special school. I was mm-hmm. there for, four, well, I was there for four years. I continued mm-hmm. on after high school.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: then I, um,
0: as like a youth worker. Social um,
1: So, like, teacher's aid. Yep. Pretty much. And so, but in, in a special school, the teacher aid is very, I guess, different to what you expect. Mm. The, the stereotype of what I had, of what a teacher's aid was, we mm. just sit next to a kid and you just help them, tutor them quietly. Like, it's, mm. um, schools aren't really like that anymore. So, mm-hmm. it was, like, lots of community access and mm-hmm. teaching them, um, yeah, teaching me out in the community how to shop, how to catch a bus,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, all those life skills. So it was very hands-on, very practical, and I did love that. Mm-hmm. And then I went to a mainstream school, mm-hmm. um, so a primary school, and worked with children who had um, intellectual disabilities there or um, challenging behaviours. Mainly, mm-hmm. I guess, like my forte and what I was known for in the education Um sort of setting was challenging behaviours. So I was sort of mm-hmm. stuck with challenging behaviours.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, yeah, um, I had just started at the at the primary school
2: mm-hmm.
1: and that was also when NDIS rolled out. So I had taken on some clients from the special school and worked with them after hours as my own provider. Mm-hmm. I had my own like, little business set up that way.
0: Yep, amazing.
1: For school care, weekend care and school holiday.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. My background is um was kids at risk. So in flexible oh, yeah. and alternative learning and you know, kids yeah, great. pretty much being been kicked out of every other school. So yeah. Um yeah. but I think, and I was gonna ask you is like, did um do you think that they like I love those kids? Like they sometimes they like shit you off and you're just like they know how to push your buttons. <laughs> They're
1: my favorite. I'll never forget them. Yeah, I'll never forget them. But I and think it's
0: like, yeah. You get when it. I've
1: ever been in a classroom with those kids, mm. most of them come from trauma. And
2: yeah, of course.
1: That's, that's the way, the reason why they have challenging behavior. And I come from trauma and I had an adverse mm. childhood, so I can relate to it all. And I also, in, in that, like learned the science behind it and mm. I was able to connect it to myself and be like, that's mm. why I used to do that. Mm. Um, and those types of things. But yeah, those types of kids that I worked with, I feel like, every year when I worked with a different one, I'm like, I just want to adopt you and just yeah. like, take it like They're the best. They're,
0: so they're, they're, they're unhinged
1: in a good way, you know, unfiltered. With, yeah. Yeah. Fantastic.
0: Um, but do you, do you reckon like even just thinking about now, um, feel free to disagree with me, but do you think maybe part of working with so closely with those people who were either special needs, you know, all special needs in their own unique way, built your resilience and let's get
1: on with it? No, I think my childhood yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah. So my mum died when I was eight. Mm. Um, my dad was abusive and a drug mm. addict, so I ran away at 13.
2: Yeah,
1: wow. I went and lived with his sister, which um, my father's side of the family is the Aboriginal side of my family. Mm. And there's a lot of disconnected between those family members and they also grew up with trauma Mm. which I always say I think that's like a result of the stolen generation of generational trauma throughout Mm. that side of the family and so yes I went and lived with his sister which wasn't really much better Mm. Um, and yeah so the second I turned eighteen, I moved out of there Mm. Uh, but I think having that childhood and going through those things that I went through Mm. um, when I was a child really gave me that um, sort of like let's move on because Mm. you can just get so stuck in it Mm. and I was stuck in it and I just never knew what I could do Mm. and um, yeah I just developed that mindset Mm. I guess even when I was younger like um certain stuff that happened with my dad and it would just be like all right like (laughs) let's just move Mm. on and then yeah it got to the point where I ran away
2: (laughs) Mm. I
0: mean it's the when you realize you're in a situation that you feel like you're stuck in that when you do have choices the older you get or the more capable you get you go well at least I have a choice now because once upon a time I didn't and I'm not going to take that choice for granted
1: exactly exactly Mm. And then in that, I just think if I had a stayed stuck in there, mm. what
2: would
1: have happened? Like, mm.
2: um,
1: yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like I, I just don't personally find any value in getting stuck in that um, mm. or, or not being able to move on and just being able to look at, all right, like this is what's happened. Like, let's just accept it and like yeah. move on. And obviously yeah. go through that period. Where you do, um, where you can get stuck in it, or
2: yeah,
1: I I think the best thing quote that I ever read once and I use it to relate to all the time is, um, you can be in a dark room, but no one else can turn the light on except for you. Mm. It's like that's I feel like something a little bit corny, yeah, no, (laughs) 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 Um, the corny the better,
0: yeah. Um, (laughs) Do you know what you're giving real strong energy right now? Is I've One of my favourite parts, hopefully this is not offensive, you can tell me to fuck off if it is, Um, but in school my favourite days of the week were when the inspirational speakers came in and I was just like, you know, (laughs) know, once a year you get a really good inspirational speaker and I was the kid that was like crying and just like I'm going to be like that one day and just like it just would be so profound on me and, like, I'd just soak it all up and we're just obsessed over biographies of people who got through hardships.
1: Let's always have just, like, that one motivational quote.
0: Yeah, yeah, and there was just, like, they had that thing and you're like, yes, great. <laughs>
1: That's me right now.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Saying that motivational <laughs>
0: quote. <laughs> I mean, I think there's this, <clears throat> which is also why I was really – excited to have you on because it's a business podcast right and but I think it's easy sometimes to get caught up in business as business but you know startup creative and I think as creatives and you know you're in the industry and we've got a lot of mutual friends who are creatives working for themselves whether it's influencers or models or fashion or whatever um to also, not realize how much it's ta- like our life and our personal resilience and our personal mindsets and mm. and sets of beliefs. Because it's like your your everything that you're saying is like people will be like, "Wow, you know, I've got it good or whatever." But it's like the lessons that you've learned in through these extremes, you yeah. You know, can be applied to people who are like, well, you know. um Business is bad right now, or you know, I pitched for this thing and I didn't get it, or you know, yeah. um,
2: yeah, 100%. those
1: kind of yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah. I um it's funny because when I got diagnosed with cancer was when I was looking at doing my um business full time as a mm. provider for, for children and youth with a disability. Mm-hmm. And so I was about to do that full time. Mm. So but Also in that, I also felt probably a little bit stuck. Like I just felt like I had, um, as I was living in Cobram, like a country town. I feel like I was, I just felt stuck, and I hadn't actually done anything with my life per se. And I just like, yeah, I just, yeah, I can't. Do you have an itch? Did you have that
0: itch? Yeah, I know that. Did you ever have an itch or like a where? Where? How country are we talking here?
1: So, Coburn, border of Victoria, okay. New South Wales. Oh, yeah. I grew up and, in... Like, I was born in Deniliquin, so, like... Okay. That's... Do you
0: know
1: where Deniliquin is? No.
0: Describe Never it for us. Ute
1: Utemaster? <laughs> what is it? Deni Utemaster. Never heard of it? No. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> Denny is a place I describe where I feel like it's, like, a town for people go and retire. Like right. The There's... The biggest thing to happen to them in the last like three years was Target closing down.
0: Oh no! Where Devastating.
1: Are yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where are they going to get their fucking clothes? Yeah, from? <laughs> but who's shopping at Target anyways? But
0: <laughs> <laughs> sustainable guys. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, literally.
2: <laughs>
1: um, yeah, and then got yeah. diagnosis with cancer and then had the amputation, and I, I feel like the second I had that amputation, or it sort of just happened. I was like, right, this is where I was supposed to be. Mm. What was supposed to happen. This was supposed to happen to me. So I think in that, I also recognised that, because I was also working quite closely, like I said, with kids from trauma, all, the, all those types of things, and then kids with disabilities. And then I did do um, a welfare officer role for a while as well. I sort of thought, well, maybe I could help children and other people that I guess this is when modeling started to happen as well. I could also do the same sort of job and get the same sort of message across through this route of work mm-hmm. rather than working in a school. If you yeah. get what I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. did
0: yeah, that's like a question I was gonna ask before. Did you always have that feeling of like kind of purpose knowing of got more to give? Like when you so. were in the small yeah. town doing well for like it feels like, i feel our stories are so similar in a lot of ways of doing small town youth worker yeah. kids yeah. at risk like yeah, but sure. it was like my story yeah. doesn't end here and i did, yeah. could never have predicted where i'd go or how it would happen but
1: sure. yeah 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 so yes and no i, I felt like i could have done more mm. with um the kids like i felt like i was doing good work and getting um i guess good results like mm. just being able to um have good relationships with the kids and um see significant growth like i remember we had one one kid who um just like had come in completely defiant switched off from everyone would not talk mm. to anyone um like the principal walked past him one day and was like hello and he was like, <laughs> and the kids just turned around and gone what do you say i think it was like good morning dickhead like <laughs> it was the funniest fucking thing but um yeah just like so yeah, he had come in like that, completely switched off, would, would mm. just walk out of the classroom, like not talk to anyone, not listen to anyone, have no relationship with anyone. And you know he, he come from a bit of trauma. Mm. And so a year later, so I worked with him. I, oh, I can't remember when he got there, but by the end of the year I had him um, sit in classroom full time doing mm. his work, engaging with children. Playing with children, talking to teachers, listening yeah. to teachers, and so I, so I knew that I was able to work with kids really well, and yeah. I just, and I knew I wanted to do more. Yes, I just didn't know how to do it. Yeah, I feel like
0: it's done. not done. I don't, I don't. I think you'll go back in the same. You'll, you'll be the inspirational speaker.
1: I have done it. Yeah, <laughs> twice at the primary yeah. school, and it's <laughs> so funny. It's so funny when you do go back and do that. Because mm. they think you're famous. Like, yeah. Like this big slippery and they're all like jumping up around like to go and I did at the school in Cobram. And then when the kids would like see him in the supermarket and stuff afterwards, yeah. So
0: <laughs> like, cute. My mum, when I go home, mum's like, well, um, I've decided I'm taking you up to school because you're going to go speak to the business class today and you're going to tell them all about it. And I, she just signs me up and I'm like, mum, you can't afford me, like, <laughs> but <I'm> fine, <laughs> I'll find out for free. And then um, go and speak to the 30 kids who just like, what? And I'm just like. Yeah mom but um yeah mom loves it uh I was gonna say um is did like I know you and I don't want to dwell on it and it's so but it's like is there was there moments of you know like and you know also to debunk maybe people listening be like oh you know, the poor thing, so much shit's happened. or you know, like, but, you know, telling your story, it's like some people get dealt these hands that some of us, you know, Mm. hopefully never have to endure. Has there been moments even like thinking to the misdiagnosis that took so long that maybe, you know, could have been picked earlier and stuff? But have there been moments where you're just like, all right, enough life. Give me a break.
1: (laughs) Yeah. so, So to be honest, after that, I actually had a lawyer approach me and was like hey so like we've heard about your case and um do you want to look into it a little bit more and sort of see um sort of see
0: compensation
1: the, yeah yeah and just sort of see um what the medical um obligations were around it because I also had a fracture in my bone Mm. like when I started chemo and they knew about it so there was all this sort of stuff and I had said yes and I started it and all I did was fill out the form and hand it back to them and then not in a way but I I, I guess I did believe and I still to this day will will say I I feel like it could have been prevented Mm. after I figured out the form and they kept trying to contact me I kept declining them and ignoring them because I thought mm. what's that going to do for me
2: mm. like
1: I, I just don't understand what it would achieve for me like all right get a little bit of money but let a slay but um <laughs> yeah. but I'm like I'm gonna run someone else's life through the mud to make mine what an inch better like w- what what is the significance of that and why do I want to keep reliving it? Mm. And um, I I, I think that was a big one for me. And I think that sort of just um, embodied a little bit what I had done for so many years and just Mm. moved on. Mm
2: -hmm. And,
1: you know, I did go through that, that little, uh, probably just a week Mm -hmm. talking to the lawyer because no one else was pushing that onto me, I guess. Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, they should have done this and they should have done this. And I was like, yeah, I don't disagree, but like, who mm. fucking cares? It's happened mm. now. Like, we can't go back in the past and change it. And I also was still content. Like I didn't mm. give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, like I never cared about the amputation once. Wow. So I was like, so why would I even pretend that I gave a fuck? Like,
0: why what was your were you like, was it this um was it like a, all right, this is the next chapter. What's it going to be like on the other side? Or was it a, I'll just, I, do, I just have to deal with it? Or was it like, cool, I get a three, four legs.
1: No. Cool, legs. I get a good parking <laughs> spot. No. Yeah, good parking spot. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess it was just like I had, because I, again, why I always talk about representation visibility and those kinds of things, because I was never exposed to people who had prosthetic mm-hmm. legs. I was like, fuck, I not know what I'm in for. Like, mm. and, and again, that negative connotation and attachment that d- the word disabled or looking at mm. seeing someone that has a disability has, I was scared because I'm like, fuck, I'm not going to be able to do anything. Am I even going to be able to work with kids? Like, because I have to run around. And, but then I guess part of that was like, all right, let's just see what happens and keep moving forward because, um, pun intended you can either take it in stride or you can <laughs> let it defeat you um to, to the point where you don't get to do the things that you want to do and um yeah i guess i was just like all right like let's just like move on to the next thing like what mm. do i gotta do um i remember even when i found out i wasn't surprised because like mm. you google um <laughs> you- I Googled every day, don't you worry. Um, <laughs>
0: Pain in ankle
1: after yeah. cricket bat. <laughs> or even just, yeah, plastic cricket bat. Um, you even just Google osteosarcoma, and it comes up with amputation. And even though it was never told to me, um, were, yeah. even though they never told me that was a possibility, I was like, mm, the pain's really bad. Like, I just feel like mm. it's going to happen. So when they told me, I was like, man, it was everyone else around me that, had, that was like more mm. upset than I was. Yeah. Like, Oh, like you're not even mm. you're not like chopped off but then in that i was like i gotta respect how people also grieve
2: mm-hmm.
1: um that may not be my method of grieve mm. of grief but um yeah mm.
0: um, i i feel like there's this strong you know when i was in my funk kind of burnout which for like you know propelled me into starting startup creative out yeah. of a place of being like you know, I'd spent a year kind of wallowing in my nine to five and just, you know, progressively getting mentally worse. Um yeah. to the point where I was just like, right, what are you gonna do about it? Like no one like yeah. no one's coming to turn the light on. And yeah, sure. Like I have to and the biggest shift and I I still catch myself, you know, over and over in this going from the victim, which feels fucking good sometimes where you just like, not me, none of this is my fault, you know. And it's like, you know, it can get really like um you know uh, what's the word like kind of dismiss the reaction like the um fault or whatever um yeah. and and then really going into being like well yeah b- victim to the creator and being like well what are you gonna do about what can it I do yeah and I think sure. something that I've learned over the years in business it's like that for me is the number one um tip for someone who's wanting to start a business are you gonna, are you going to keep creating opportunities and finding ways to problem solve and keep moving forward and, and getting back up? Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. And I think for me, it's like you've had those pivotal moments where you could have gone, you know, either way 100%. from a very young age. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah.
0: Do you, yeah. What's your kind of um, tips on that? And I think you've got that.
1: you know, Yeah. I, I mean, for me, to where i am today and this whole career that i have now and you know it's like my full-time i guess me as a brand in a way Mm. well it is um Mm. as a full-time job it didn't happen overnight and it it um also happened quite randomly initially Mm. how it started and you know i kept thinking to myself like it's not um like it's not an actual thing. It's just like a little bit of hobby. I, I might model every now and then, mm. or I might speak every now and then, or share my thoughts or like my opinions or or whatever. But um, I think for me, that pivotal moment there when I realized, okay, maybe I can make a difference, and maybe I can make mm. a job out of this, was well, is I said to a friend, just out of an interest, and I just wanted to see what she would say. Um, But yeah, I just said to her, I said, would you ever? This is a really weird question too, by the way. Mm. I was like, would you ever date someone who had one leg or Mm. a disability? She said yes. I said, cool. I was like, so is that your opinion now? Because Mm. you've seen me? Mm. Did you did you would you have said this answer a year ago? She said, no. Mm. So, because I've seen you, I'm like, fuck. If I can change your mind, even in a dating situation, mm-hmm. like, fuck. If I can change your mind, I can go and change other people's minds, mm-hmm. and I can help rewrite that narrative. So that, to me, it was like a big light bulb. Like, mm-hmm. okay, maybe I can not not even in in a business way either. Just more as a, a personal um, sort of opportunity. I wanted to
2: mm. go yeah. for.
1: And that was just like a bit of a light bulb. And I'm like, all right. Well. And then that's when I sort of pushed more for modelling and mm. um, all of that along the way. And then, yeah, I guess everything else mm. sort of just happened when it came to writing and then mm. being seen as a disability advocate in the space. Yeah,
0: and, um, yeah, yeah. I love it. Was it hard to um, like? If it, I mean, to me, it sounds as though. You were like, oh, well, this is me, and you know, we're, we're getting on with it, and all of that. Was it we, I can, I mean, the way that I'm kind of perceiving it is that you're like, well, I'm still me, and I just don't have a leg, and yep. well, I, I, you know, I've got a prosthetic leg. Prosphetic. Yeah, let's
2: just <laughs> <works. laughs> Um,
0: yeah, and then was it weird with people seeing or treating you different? Like, you're like, it's almost like. I feel the exact same person, but all yep. of a sudden I'm in this category and being. What, yeah. Did you experience? It's like that?
1: you've just been put in this box that you can't. Like get overnight,
0: out. And it's like yeah. you wake up in somebody else's body through other. Like what's
1: yeah. that? Yeah. Um, or when you wake up suddenly, someone thirty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Freaky Friday, even. Yeah,
0: Freaky Friday. That's the
1: one. <laughs> um, that's actually a good movie. Sorry. Um. Anyway. Um, yes. Yes, because it was just like this instant shift. And so I also was not prepared for that to happen. And so, again, living in a small town, everyone fucking knows your business. Mm. And so by the duration of when I had found out the amputation was happening to when it happened was a week. Mm. Wow. So they were like, on a Wednesday, I had this appointment on the Wednesday, like, yep, amputation. I was like, oh, okay. When? Next Tuesday. I was like, fuck. So in, in that time, I also didn't tell anyone because mm-hmm. it was just, like, it was more so I couldn't handle mm-hmm. other people. I guess I was just getting over the pity because even, again, the second I, people had found out I had cancer, people instantly started talking to me differently. Yeah. and People <laughs> that I didn't even like or I knew that didn't even like me started talking to me I'd have people come up to me in the supermarket and be like let me know if there's anything you need to do you want me to do I'm like you don't fucking know me like why would I talk to you and ask you to do something for me like respectfully yeah people don't (coughs) genuinely mean it's they
0: project their own mortality onto you
1: 100% and so I guess at (laughs) that point, I started getting a bit fed up at the from the pity Mm. and because I'm like I'm just the same person. Like,
2: yeah,
1: has changed. I'm just getting chemo. Like,
2: mm.
1: and then when the hair went, people are like, whoa, like it was a whole. I, and I think even the leg being so fucking visual, like mm. you just couldn't escape it. Um, but yeah, no, the second, I think my friends probably took maybe, yeah, a little bit to adjust. Because I was like, you know, even in my family to adjust that I still was the same person. Mm. Um, but. Did I it even, confuse you
0: at all? Like I, I wonder, okay. it makes me feel
1: I'd be like, oh, maybe yeah, I. It just sort of, you know? I guess in a way it makes you feel lonely mm. because you, you're you not able to do or be who you were before. Mm. Because all of a sudden overnight people have a different perspective of mm. you and a different image of who you are, what you can do, yeah. and even um, your value in a way. Mm. Because the second someone's disabled, they're devalued, and so I even felt that from other people. I was like, "Oh, what are you going to do now?" I was like, "Fuck you!" Mm. <laughs> like that. Yeah, watch right? me. Um, so it was just. Yeah, it was sort of lonely, but then I think more fuel to sort of prove people wrong and just be mm-hmm. like, um, this isn't going to define who I am. It's just yeah. now a part of who I am. Mm-hmm. It, doesn't, it doesn't actually mean anything. So I think it just gave more fuel. But there was like those lonely times because you have no one to talk to. And you can, mm-hmm. you can be like, so who do you talk to about that? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: and um, and so, what yeah. was your transition like? How did you go um, from small town? You know, for, did, what, is there a recovery period where you have to walk again and things like that, or is it?
1: Yeah. So, so what happens is, um, I got sent home a week after the amputation. So, <laughs> Good like, luck. <laughs> like, well, no, because I was I was so fine. Yeah. So I had it done on a Tuesday. On the Friday, so you wake up with the epidural, so you mm-hmm. can't go from the hip down. Mm-hmm. And you also have, like, you have, like, that button where you can just yeah. press and that just... Valium. Really, yeah. And then oh. I also had some ketamine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um I had that as well. Nice. Which I was having fucking crazy dreams. <laughs> um, but... Yes, yeah, so, and I was also pressing just like that fucking green button because I was like, do you yeah. know what? I'm stuck in this bed. There's no mm, way I'm yeah. shitting in this bed. Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't know how the pan works. And I don't
2: <laughs> like I was
1: like, it's just not happening. Yeah. So, yeah, but then we got to Friday and the epidural also just like gave me anxiety because you mm. hear these stories of people like getting paralyzed and stuff. And I just con- consciously couldn't stop thinking about how I was moving or like how I was sleeping. Cause I'm like, fuck, what if I hit it the wrong way? And it like paralyzes me or something like that. Like it was just giving me anxiety. So we got to Friday and I argued with the doctors all day to pull everything out. And then, yeah, I think Saturday morning they had turned everything off. And they were just like, you're going to need it. And i never had pain since. Wow. So, yeah. Which is crazy. Cause maybe they turned it off Friday night because it was literally three days after. And I just, I actually thought, I was like, I am actually going to have to ask and turn it from mm-hmm. back on. Like, I thought it was going to be painful. I literally had no pain.
0: Oh, you're talking about like the epidural state? Because women get epidural for when they have a babies. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was continually, continuously in there. Yeah, so wow. the epidural
1: can go in.
2: Yeah.
1: And it's a drug that is yeah. sort of... Um, Numbs you. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can turn it off. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you can turn the... The needle stays in, but the yeah. drug's gone. Yeah. Right.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yep. That makes sense. Yeah. So
1: I had that for yeah. three days and that mm-hmm. was, you can't do anything. It's just mm-hmm. fucking bad. Yeah. So, yeah, once I got that turned off, I was fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a pain. And then it got to a week after and I was sort of like, oh, we'll move you down to the rehab ward now. Mm-hmm. And so I guess usually people go there um, mm-hmm. because they also lose their balance. Mm. Um, I was fine. I was hopping around. Yeah, <laughs> I and I was in no pain. And then so they come back and they're like, "Well, it was yeah." A week after, they're like, "Oh, you may as well just go home
2: because
1: mm-hmm. we're not doing anything for you here, mm-hmm. um, and you'll be better at home." So yeah, I went home a week after.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I think a week and a half after that, I went back, and then they gave me the wound clearance. So you have to wait until the wound is healed to be able to even think, go into a prosthetic.
2: Mm-hmm. So then
1: I went back cause I was living down in the country and I had it all done in Melbourne. I went and did inpatient rehab and um, yeah, as soon as I got the, le- like I didn't even do physio. Mm-hmm. Like I went if they really made me. So I was mm-hmm. in there for a month. And the only reason why I was probably in there for the whole month is because I was just waiting for the leg, my leg mm-hmm. to be ordered in. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like the only, and I went back on chemo, so the chemo that I had just like made me feel so fucking sick all the time. Mm-hmm. And I was also in a rehab full of old people, um, which no disrespect to them, but fuck, mm-hmm. it was depressing. Like,
0: oh man, like, there's a whole another conversation about hospitals and being <laughs> healing environments.
1: <laughs> man, it was
2: it?
1: it was fun. <laughs> yeah, and so. That just put me in the mood where I, you know, I didn't want to do anything. So I sat on mm. the bed all day, and I didn't go to the physio. I didn't do any of that. Also, because I didn't really need to. I was fine. I could walk fine. Put pants on, you wouldn't even be able to tell. Um, and then the only thing that they did make me do is every day at two pm they did um, they played games on We Fit.
2: Mm. <laughs> the whole logic
1: behind that is because your mind's occupied in the game, you do things without
2: uh, it, which makes.
1: Yeah. yeah, like and the, the so, PlayStation
0: kind of uh, thing the Yeah, like with the the, tennis, the bowling, yeah. the balance. Yeah, cool. That's smart.
1: And yeah, and I fucking love going to that because it was full of mm. old people. Mm. And
2: there's... You
1: slayed. You <laughs> with one leg. <laughs> <them> all, like, <laughs> you know, I was beating all these old people too. Like, it, was like, it was just funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, so like that to me was a very easy transitional mm-hmm. period. So it probably took... I guess, all up a month.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, and wow. I went straight back to training. I went, like, I was straight back into everything. I actually went back yeah. to CrossFit training 10 days after the amputation with no leg. Wow. Um, I Did you, have you had the ghost
0: leg thing? The,
1: the what,
2: sorry?
0: phantom, the phantom feeling? So, you know. Then no, we'll get
1: back on track. <laughs> yeah, no, no, sorry. I'm, <laughs> no, no, I love no. I had it for a couple of days, the phantom pain. I, mm. do you know when you get that feeling you just want to stretch your toes out that's mm-hmm. what I had for two days sort of straight mm. I would just do something to occupy my mind to distract mm. myself and I'd forget about it because basically all it is is your brain doesn't recognize that it, go, that it is gone mm. so it'll send a pain signal to issue a response mm. and so I get it very rarely um, and it might just be that's like quiet. a hard shoot up the heel or something like that but um, but people can get it to the point where they have to go to hospital and those types of things. And it's right. funny, I was talking about it with someone the other day and have you ever read the book, The Body oh, Keeps Score? The Body Keeps Score, score.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. We were talking about that and I and I said, you know, I actually think the reason why I don't have the um, phantom pain as debilitating or just even very rarely is because of my mindset and that my mm. body healed from it and that my body hasn't really kept that score mm. as <laughs> a joke but uh. we we're talking about the book how the book um says that you know um no matter what it is there's always going to be an imprint of something mm. and um but if you have a good mindset and you change your mindset all those types of things you can heal from it mm. and so i i also wonder if that comes down to a little bit of that phantom pain
2: absolutely no i love that
1: i'm here for
0: it definitely start that rumor (laughs) 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 um i actually as you were saying describing i was like this is the ultimate mind over matter like your whole story makes sense you know in terms of like your mindset is so strong yeah you've just had to yeah, you've kept choosing the, being the creator of your experience rather than at, the, at that kind of crossroads, every yeah. crossroads, you know. Yeah.
1: And I think even in a, in, a, in a, not a weird way, but I guess it is this way to explain it, is I feel like maybe because growing up I never had control over anything and mm. I um, was always, you know, out of control, like out of control, mm. Yeah, different contexts, yeah. but yeah. I never had control over anything. I had to do what? everyone told me to do and
2: mm-hmm.
1: just live in an unhappy world constantly. Mm-hmm. So that now I'm like, no, I'm having full, full control over everything and I don't want anyone to sort of tell me what to do respectfully. Yeah. Um, no, I love like that. Like I want to create my own my own path and, um, and I feel like I have. Yeah, um, absolutely. So I'm just very content and very happy. Mm. And, yeah.
0: I mean, I think that sometimes I look at that, especially, you know, working with, um, you know, kids at risk and, you know, grew up in social work and things, but also, you know, creating my business out of a place of, like, I have to create something better for myself. And I think sometimes, yes. you know, you do see people make bigger, bolder moves and back themselves and, and take risks and, you know, all those things when, when they've got no other choice, you know. It's like it's almost a privilege yeah. to have a choice, you know, like and yeah. it's so... And and then you know you see it especially you know there's I'm obsessed with like Serena Williams and you know yeah. there's a lot of a lot of stories like that and um, people who statistically shouldn't succeed at life you sure. know yeah um, and they do you know yeah um, and yeah the, I think that it's almost you know not that you wish hardships and uh, you know trauma and things on people but I think yeah.
2: I think it's the Yeah, yeah
0: it, it can really, you know, under pressure, what are you gonna do? You know?
2: Yeah. Um and yeah.
0: not running to, you know, I mean, certain people don't, you know, as a child, you don't have the chance with an amputee, you don't have a chance to run back to safety. It's like I want my leg back now. You know, it's like yeah. Yeah. you know, or you know, my mum back and all these things that you can't yeah. do. But it's yeah. like when you're too comfortable, you don't take risks, you you go back. It's so easy to return to 100%. safety and yeah. privilege and and people, you know, I'm a huge believer. And I see it all the time, especially in like the startup business creative space, is mm-hmm. that you go, oh, now's not the right time, or, you know, one day and stuff. And it's yeah. like, you don't know how many days you're going to have left. And also, mm-hmm. it's be- while you have your comfort zone, you know, why would you go out and and choose? Something that's going to be hard and uncomfortable and uncertain and unfamiliar and, you know, that you're going to yeah. have to really use your mind to overcome the self-doubt and, you know, the victim mentality.
1: 100%. Yeah. I feel like the victim mentality is such an easy thing to get into and, um, you know, but also people who are stuck in that victim mentality, I'm like, oh, we're like, yeah, I'm not going to try and mm. you're just stuck in it and... Um, Hopefully you can get out of it, but that's just obviously the way some people, I guess, take things Mm. on But I also think, what the fuck is the point of that? (laughs) Like, Mm. why would you want to let something consume you so much that actually stops you from doing anything Mm. that is then just defeats defeats the reason why you want to overcome it? Yeah. In a way, like.
0: To that, like body keeps score, right? It's the you're it can't if you're gonna. So, if I see this so often, people go, I'm ready, you know, I've got this idea, or one day I wish I could start my own business. Like, someone says, yeah. I wish I could start my own business, or I wish I could be creative, or whatever. Like, that yeah. makes me bubble inside, I'm like, just do it. <laughs> um, yeah.
1: Not yeah. saying quit your
0: job and do it. I'm just saying
1: start yeah. somewhere. If but you really want to do it, you'll do it. Otherwise, you're not gonna. If
0: you say that out loud and then you decide to suppress that and go back to the comfort of you know pretending that you didn't have that desire because somebody criticised you or questioned you or it was gonna be create mean sacrifices or whatever, mm. that's going to be stored in the body somewhere as a you 100%, know, 100%. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
0: So, um. Very good um yeah hey I wanted I know we'd be we've we well, oh, yeah. could go on and on but I'd love yeah. to just get your journey into that recovery and small town to living in melbourne walking fashion week you know yeah. writing for you know publications yeah. yeah being an advocate
1: Yeah so um my my friend owns a clothing shop Mm-hmm. well her family's it's um, mm-hmm. a family business down in Cobram and so basically one day we were new friends and so we didn't really know each other mm-hmm. but um, she was like oh my family's doing like this little thing for the clothing shop do you want to come and do it and so mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, whatever." so we did it and then that sort of got released online and then like two weeks later I had my first paid photo shoot mm-hmm. um, from someone contacting me and it was like
0: from seeing those photos
1: yeah yeah, cool. Um, so it was like six hundred dollars for a day, which wow. is
0: like when really when you've come from social now work right now. Now I'm yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> seriously when you've come from social work where you six hundred dollars is like a week's pay and you work
1: 100%. hard. <laughs> it's like for a day.
0: Yeah.
1: Um and someone's gonna do my hair and makeup. Like it just seemed mm-hmm. so bizarre. Not bizarre. Always I always felt like growing up that I would be um I'm just gonna say, some sort of like public figure, mm-hmm. figure in a way. I never thought it would have come through modeling. Like I thought mm-hmm. i would have been like on the Kardashians or something.
2: Like, that. <laughs> like
1: that's how I always thought I was gonna do it. But um, yeah. So so when did that? And then that's when we went into lockdown. Actually, so mm-hmm. just shortly after that, so we went to lockdown. um And then through that, I had a couple of agencies approach me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this isn't really a thing. Like, I, I, were I, you still but, rural at this point? I was still, cob- yeah. yeah. I was actually Cobram up until June mm. last year. Oh
0: wow!
1: Yeah, and like, exactly. worked full time down in Cobram. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: So, um, yeah, I ended up signing with the agency,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then yeah, and then started walking um, runways. I think mm. runway was the thing that really defined me and had probably a little bit of a pivotal moment in Mm -hmm. my career um because there's not many we're we're getting better Mm um but there wasn't many models who had a disability Mm -hmm. in fashion week um and then i did fashion festival and i was the only one um, Mm -hmm. a week and then i did australia um fashion week so after that and it just sort of just kept unraveling and um as i was getting exposure from the modeling and and then I did a campaign with Champion that was mm-hmm. like really like it was sick. I don't know if you've seen it. It was on yeah. Instagram somewhere. But I, that was like, I think, one of my favorite campaigns I've done mm-hmm. so far. And so, yeah, I did stuff like that and was sort of having my voice elevated mm. um, that it got to the point where I feel like I was in that moment last year, at the start of last year, I was like, okay, so I'm literally going to Melbourne once a week. Mm. Sometimes I would finish school at three, drive to Melbourne, do a photo shoot at six, drive home afterwards, like at 9 Mm. pm, get home at 12, or stay at a friend's house in Melbourne, get up at five and go straight to work in Cromwell because it's like two and a half, three hours away. So And then there were all these, like I started talking on podcasts and then again, my name is getting out there and and the story and the message and the advocacy, advocacy space and those types of things. So yeah, I guess the start of last year, I thought, fuck, if I want to do this, I have to move and I have to put time into this. And so I remember at the start of term, I went and spoke to my boss, like my principal and... I said, look, I'll let you know at the start of term too. <laughs> I was like, but I'm just like pre-loading this conversation mm-hmm. because I guess in inside my head, I was like, this is my safety net here too. Mm-hmm. So I don't really want to let go of this. And so, yeah, I just said to him, I'm like, look, I think I want to move to Melbourne. I think I need to really go and grab this by the balls, I guess. Mm-hmm. And um. Let's just say June. I'll be here till term mm-hmm. two. I'll finish up term two, um, do the first semester, and then you'll have to find someone else. And I was like, but let me confirm that with you at the of term mm-hmm. two. I'm, just, I'm not 100% sold on that yeah. idea. Like, yeah. I just had to make sure it was all okay for me to do it first. Yeah. And then he just said, look, mate, I'll be mad if you don't go. He's mm. like, I want you to go. He's like, I don't want you to leave here. like, Unless he did, probably did mm. that. psychology (laughs) (laughs) literally but um no he was like um i i want you to go and Mm. like i'll be mad if you don't leave and go and do what you want to do and Mm. um you know i i think that was even him saying that was probably the big motivator because i'm like true Mm. i'll be Mm. mad if i don't do it as well Mm -hmm. and um yeah so i did it and then um, I, I think the start of maybe last year as well. I signed on with um, management rather than mm-hmm. I was with before that, just a non-exclusive modeling agency where mm-hmm. they didn't really give a fuck about anything. Mm-hmm. To be quite frank, they were just like, "Yeah, if we find you work, we'll get you some." But then I was getting, I was getting all the work directly to me. Mm-hmm. Everyone's coming to me, and pretty much up to this day,
2: mm-hmm.
1: like everyone's sort of come to me. And so yeah, I signed on. With management, and mm-hmm. um, so I knew everything could be managed correctly. And I was getting to the point where I couldn't deal with that mm-hmm. stuff anymore. And yeah, moved um, June last year, and mm-hmm. pretty much full time since then.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Because I don't have time Amazing! For else. Congratulations. Was it scary? Mm-hmm. Was it like? Do you? I've had a similar situation where my boss was like, "I think you should go and give startup," because I was doing it one day a week, and she was yeah. like. I just don't think you're a fit here. I think you should really give this <laughs> start. Up. And, and I was like, "You bitch." <laughs> yeah. I was like, "I need my job security." But literally, um, yeah. And it was, Oof. yeah, still terrifying, yeah. even knowing, even was, though knowing that you had to. I always say that there comes a time where you can work your day job and build your side hustle, but there will come a time where they both can't coexist. Where
1: they both merge, yeah. And so, mm. if my boss, even in that, he actually he was he actually said. I think he was the one that sort of like also preloaded that idea. It was like mm-hmm. it's like, I know you love working with kids and you do great work. And mm-hmm. he goes, but I think you can go and do that work
2: mm-hmm.
1: still through with another message in the work mm-hmm. as a model in that sort of space. I'm like, true.
2: Also like, known as a
1: TED talk. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. So I, I feel like having that conversation with him and him saying that shit to me, mm-hmm. where at the time I was like, bitch wants me to leave. Yeah, I think I was grateful that he actually told me that because no one was telling me that. Mm. And everyone was sort of like, mm, "Are you
0: yeah. sure?" Especially so small like, town. It's no like, one, a, yeah, the city
1: like, you I could like never small town people think I'm a big <laughs> celebrity. I'm like, I'm you not. are no, but like, it's, it's just like weird <laughs> the perception they have. Yeah, oh, mate, I used to live here last year. Like, don't yeah, don't be crazy. But, um, you know, I, I think I still have doubts, mm. even now. Like, I, mm-hmm. I feel like 2 a.m. the other night where I couldn't sleep, I'm like, fuck, what am I going to do next year? Like, mm. what if this mm. is all done? Um, no,
0: this is but, just the beginning.
1: Yeah, yeah, I hope so. But I, mm. I guess it's just, it's unpredictable. And mm. um, I guess I didn't know I'd be as comfortable even as I am today in doing mm-hmm. it full time. And, you know, it is... I guess even what I do, people have this perception that,
2: you know, because I always
1: say I'm probably more model first. Mm-hmm. And then I would say like writing is like, as part of who I am now and stuff. But um, I have like columns set up with like mm-hmm. a three publications.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: so, you know, I would say that was like a little bit of, that is a bit of a side hustle. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. So like even saying more modeling first, like that is mm-hmm. still full time. Like you have to, Watch what you eat. You have well, like you don't have to. Mm, mm-hmm. like if you you know, there's it depends. The brand, if you want to yeah. take it, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. um, still have to train. Like that's full time. Mm. Um, and yeah, I, I feel like people, I guess, even with creatives, have this perception that we don't work mm. Mm. And because we aren't looked at as working a nine to five. Mm-hmm. Like we're not working, I've set up so many boundaries this mm. I, I think the start of maybe more so this year, mm. because I was like, Fuck, I I couldn't I wasn't even going to the gym. I wasn't mm. training, I wasn't doing anything because I was so fucking busy and I was just running around the whole time. And whereas going into this year, I was like, Right, I'm setting up boundaries. And now I feel like the past two months I've just been so comfortable and have a routine and, and and training and you know, like I'm also being like, right, today I'm only working ten to three. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I love it. No, I think yeah. you're right. And it's what I love about you you and the what I get from how hard worker you are, it's that mm. it's a personal brand, but it's it's a bit it's a business mind. And I think, you know, people go on about, you know, kids these days, they just want to get famous and stuff, which, you know, I definitely think people think that if I, you know, even people think it in the business world, if I, you know, make this thing and then I put it on the internet, everyone's going to buy it. And it's like, it doesn't work like sure. that. It takes a lot of work yeah. and it's overnight, you know, it's not, there's yeah. no such thing as that overnight. Yeah. Um, but it's a consciously cur- curating and, uh, and investing in yourself and you know, putting in boundaries and building a team and actively putting yourself in the room with the right people that will attract, you know, the right opportunities as well.
1: 100%. And I think even with me, there's also been a lot of thought processing behind Mm. everything that I've done, every campaign Mm. that I've done, every brand that I've worked with, every every relationship I have Mm -hmm. with brands and those types of things. I feel like I have also really um, just had a process behind it and, like, does Mm. this really make sense? Like, Mm. even when you said, you know, people just want to get famous, that's not my aim Mm. either. I've knocked back maths twice. Like, (laughs) they handed me last month. (laughs) Oh, wow. You know, so it's it's not like I'm out here trying to just do Mm. everything either. I Mm -hmm. I think it's, you know, because maths...
2: Yeah,
1: people think right. You're set after that.
2: Yeah,
1: one, you're not. Yeah, but even knocking back that, which mm. you know could still be a great opportunity. Mm. Um, you know, uh, but it's
2: that's so funny. On brand.
1: Yeah, I know. Uh, do you know what? I still, <laughs> cool. still don't want to do? It. I think it'll be fun as fuck. But it's just. Oh my
0: like, god! I just don't know how people choose to do that show. I'm like, you're setting yourself up to be Twitter trolled. And also, you're getting married. You have to go through a wedding day.
2: <laughs> Plus, then you have
0: to live like, with a stranger in a shitty little apartment and not that tell anyone it about means. it. I feel like that was so fucking fun. Like, and
1: yeah, to watch it.
0: Then you get to watch us <laughs> <laughs> back. <laughs> yeah. I
2: just feel like
1: i am about to just like sit there at the dinner table and just watch everyone else like watch it. so i feel just like eating I'm, popcorn, just like,
2: eating yeah. popcorn this is even better like in real life dinner, yeah so
1: bring out popcorn for me like yeah um I mean, but yeah i feel like i've been like very yeah just very um had a good thought process behind each brand that i do or work with and down to every little thing i even write about or what i put myself put out myself and. Um, you know, it's it's sort of just being delicate in those things, or even how you mm. word things, and mm. the space that you want you want to be in, and yeah, um, because they're they're good spaces, they're big spaces, and um, yeah, are you gonna uh, write a book? Well, <laughs> put it out there. <laughs> I actually would love to write children's books first.
2: Yes, that's a I, great I idea. I would,
1: I would like to. Um. I would love to, I'm like, I don't want to tell my idea because I don't want to steal. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I would like to start of the children's books. And then mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind doing probably like a, I'm just going to say like memoir type.
2: because
1: mm-hmm. it's like Yeah. A but a memoir type resilience approach to book. Yeah. Um, and sort of just have like, maybe, um, I feel like there's so many elements mm-hmm. to me, so many things that I've overcome. Mm. Um, that I feel like I could write about and use my personal experiences for mm. that. So possibly, yeah. possibly um, for sure. but I've just like, I've thought about it, I think more so this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm like, fuck! I wouldn't even know how to start that shit. <laughs> I would love to help you. Well, let's have a coffee
0: sometime or a wine, and we'll let's walk. do it. I'm yeah. down for it. Let's I feel get it like out. Like
1: my first page, like, hey guys, welcome back to my channel.
0: Like, <laughs> hey girl, hey. <laughs> I'm like I couldn't even,
1: you know. Well, you'll find
0: guess. that once you start. Right, I mean, you're right. But it's like once you start, you don't I don't think you're meant to start with the first page. You know, you'll never.
2: Oh, I know Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You'll get it
0: out and then it'll make sense eventually. Yeah. It's yeah. art. It never makes yeah. sense in your head. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, Amazing. Yeah. Hey, well, thank you so much for going so deep into your literal personal health and <laughs> your mindset and your backstory and giving so much advice. I might just say if there is one thing, if there's someone out there who's feeling a bit of that, you know, everything shit keeps happening to me or, you know, should I give this thing a crack or what would your number one piece of advice be for somebody out there yeah.
1: looking to, you know, um, get
0: back into a positive mindset or, you
1: know. Yeah, I think two things. Um, The only thing stopping you is you. I think that's, some, again, corny and I love it. Um, I think it's just, it's very important to sometimes reiterate to yourself because, it's so fucking true. Um, and then the only, the other thing is, and I can picture Kim Kardashian saying it in my fucking head, like, because it's funnier. Um, You didn't come this far just to come this far. So, you know, it's just, you need to find what's next as well.
2: I love
0: yeah. that. It's actually been a bit of my mantra lately when I've been like, I don't know what's next, you know, and... But that sometimes can get me really anxious. And, but it's like, you don't stop here. Like, that's been my thing. And being like, this isn't where it ends. Like, um,
1: yeah. I mm. feel like I've done maybe five interviews Mm. minimum, like the last like month. Mm -hmm. Every interviewer or every journalist Mm -hmm. has said to me at the end, okay, so what's next for you? And I'm like, here we go. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, you know what? I actually don't have anything to tell Mm -hmm. you because. I don't know what's next. And Mm -hmm. I think that's possibly the beauty of it. Like Mm. I feel like my whole childhood and possibly my whole life and teenage life, Mm. I was always concentrating on what was next and Mm -hmm. what had happened. Like survival. Like like living, yeah, in that survival Mm. mode that I wasn't living in the present. Whereas now I'm like, you know, I've been able to create and find such Mm. a happy and content life. That I can live in the present, so I don't care what's next, and I don't I love want that. to care what's on next.
2: Mm.
1: Obviously, you got to. Yeah. But to some. Yeah. Extent, well, there's an, right.
0: an element of of you yeah know, practicalness. There's a really great book if you haven't already come across it called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. By Joe no. Dispenza, it's all about like this, um, science behind meditation. So it's like a lot yeah. of that, you know, mind. And oh, I would be interesting to hear your take on it, reading it, and then your experience with it. Down
2: now. It's, it's called
0: like, yeah. uh, "Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself" I'll by Joe Dispenza. Yeah, I'll send you yeah. the link. Um, but it would be interesting. Like, that would be a cool article to read because it's almost like you've done it before, knowing you've done it. I reckon because like, yeah. Yeah. it's all yeah. about like creating your own reality, starting in your thoughts. Yeah. But it, yeah. it talks about the science behind it, which is what got me into it. But one of the things that he teaches in meditation is that when you truly manifest something and you, you know, trust in the process of, you know, life happening for you, um, it, you're, it unfolds in ways that you couldn't imagine and, yeah. You can't, you could not, have I could not have planned. Like I got my book deal when I was at a friend's 30th birthday drinking Aperol spritzes and like woke up hung over to an email from the publisher saying, nice to meet you. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like she's yeah. like, come in for a meeting. And I'm like, okay. wow. Like I could not have put that on my like five-year plan of this is how I'm going to get it, you yeah. know, um, yeah. let alone, you know, even thinking that it was, I've always wanted to, but couldn't have, ever written it you know figured it out um but yeah and I think back like you know little three six-year-old James and saying hey one day you're going to you know have a um a prosthetic leg and be walking a runway and be paid for it
1: yeah like
0: isn't that wild
1: yeah it's so crazy I think just like to like when I had the amputation.
2: Mm.
1: You're constantly just surrounded by people telling them what you can and can't do. Mm. Um Like, I just want to eh, fucking look at mm. me now. Like, mm. but like respectfully. Yeah. Um, you know, I I do. Tr- I obviously still see my oncologist, and mm-hmm. I love going back to um, the hospital. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. just because I love seeing the nurses. I still great I runways.
0: Great runway practice.
1: yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. so like I know I just like love going back and um, not in a conceited way but just being Mm. able to I think show them and tell them how well I've done Mm. or how well I am doing because I think even Mm. being someone who's a medical professional and providing for people who were probably a Mm. sick and had cancer Mm. like me you don't get to see how what happens after Mm. And I guess not all of it's positive,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, you know. And, but yeah, I think it's, like, mm. sick to, like, go in and yeah. just, like, share with them mm. because I think I'm surprised too.
2: Yeah,
0: I think it's good to keep celebrating that. And I think the other 100%. thing that Joe
1: talks about is, like,
0: so, you know, like, James in the present moment now, you know, can talk to the younger version and be like, hey, mate, we're going to end up here. Yeah. There's a future version of you that's saying don't stop now because yeah. this is what's to come. And yeah. so it's like calling you forward, which I love yeah. that shit. It's like of not real. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> um, well, it's Friday afternoon and um, thank you so much for being here and sharing so much of your story. Hey, where can people find you before
1: we head off? Oh, yeah. My Instagram. Um, my Instagram is underscore James Par So P-A-R-R. Um, Amazing.
0: And you've got a website now, I see.
1: Oh yeah, I do actually. I keep forgetting mm-hmm. about that. Ah. It's still, it's still um, coming about mm-hmm. and figuring it out. Um, but yeah, jamesparr.com.au. Mm-hmm. You can go on there and see see my work mm-hmm. that I've done.
0: Hi, uh, hi, James for modelling gigs, campaign shoots, runways, writing, speaking eating. gigs. Just yeah. he's going to come out with a
1: motivational quote
0: card deck soon. <laughs>
1: So maybe I should d- do one as a gag
0: you should it's like um turn your own turn turn your own light on bitch <laughs> do I, do you know but do it kind of like sassy drag queen <laughs> you no
1: know, i'm doing that the next Done. year
0: yeah
1: like a Chris calendar is,
0: yes
1: and i'll just get someone to okay. shoot 365 photos yeah love nah, it that's actually a lot maybe do, just no, do 12 but, months yeah 12
0: months calendar (laughs) it's friday um thank you so much it was so lovely to chat and i'm looking forward to yeah seeing what happens next yeah thank you i'm sure it'll be great have a
2: good evening